Moorhead Carroll in the podcast, Find It. Today I have with me Paige Hakimian, who is a good friend and parishioner. I actually met Paige in a yoga studio many years ago and was very impressed with her yoga. Um, and since that time I've gotten to know her. She and her husband um, run an incredible company called Hakimian Holdings, and uh, they've been married a very long time and have an incredible story of, of um, building a huge life together and have six children. Um, and after raising these incredible children, Paige has gone back to school to get a PhD in, um, is it in psychology? Or it is, it's in psychology, psychology? Yeah. 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 And I wanted to talk to Paige today about forgiveness. Um, and Paige, as you know, in the Lenten season um, at the cathedral here, we're focusing on reconciliation. And um, I think most people understand that if we can forgive, it makes us feel better. But I don't think we really understand the depths of um, the impact that that kind of process has mm. on us psychologically. And we think of it, I think, more as a spiritual issue, but it's both, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so true, Kate. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you. I was so excited when you asked me to share some perspectives around forgiveness it gave me the opportunity to really take a deeper dive on the practice of forgiveness. And I considered the perspectives of contemporary deep thinkers, mm. spiritual leaders, and of course, faith integration. May I share a few of the key takeaways or the threads that really transcended throughout the literature and the interviews and the articles that I reviewed. Oh, I would love that. That's wonderful. Awesome. First, forgiveness is a fundamental component, not only of our spiritual practice, but in our ability to really find meaning and purpose and to live a thriving life. Not forgiving is inconsistent with a life where we can be fully present and experience our fullest moments of joy and peace. From a macro level or global level, not choosing forgiveness is truly unsustainable. Hmm. Deep polarization, not extending mercy, not choosing compassion or forgiveness, not loving our neighbor as ourselves, is what we see in the wars and conflict atrocities in our world today combined with the incredible destruction of modern weaponry, without forgiveness, mercy, and compassion, as a world we are headed down a dark path of suffering and destruction. Ancient mystic Sufis believe that we are all connected. There really is no individual. The world is but a giant cauldron, and we must consider what we are adding to the stew. That's like the body of Christ. Yes, yes. How these traditions tell the same truth. Yes, yes. We have to ask ourselves, are we adding love? Are we adding inclusion, compassion, mercy, forgiveness? Or are we contributing anger, fear, hatred, and the act of othering? There is a faith leader who says, grievances and miracles cannot coexist. Wow. If we are holding on to fear or to anger 
resentment or retribution around something that was done to us or perhaps something we have done in which we are struggling to forgive ourselves, then we cannot possess a heart to receive fully love, light, and joy. Mm. Let me give you an example of something I experienced recently that I think really exemplifies this. A couple of weeks ago, I was deeply betrayed. To the core of my bones, I was hurt and angry, bewildered, and overall just generally crushed. After 58 years on this earth, I can still fall into the illusion that I can effectively compartmentalize my relationships, my feelings, my emotions. Weeks after carrying around the negative thoughts, but thinking I was highly functioning in all of the areas that I'm needed and that I love. Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to my, children, my grandchildren coming over and spending the night. It's the highlight of my week every Friday night. And after having this opportunity to really study forgiveness, I became keenly self-aware that although I was involved with them, I was on the floor playing with them, and I was connected with them, there was a heaviness, a sadness, a tightening in my chest from time to time that denied me the ability to be fully present mm. and to fully experience the joy around the miracles of the gift they are to me as my beloved grandchildren. Mm. I mean, I could feel that heaviness of carrying around mm. that anger. Mm. <clears throat> but choosing to forgive is the hardest, most difficult practice. And I say practice because I was having dinner with my daughter Brighton the other night and I was talking about this podcast and about the topic of forgiveness. And she said, Mommy, I, I don't think it's an act. I think it's something that we have to attend to daily. Wow, it's a practice. Profound. Yes, it's a practice. And so true to my nature, I ran home and hopped on Harvard's library, Hollis, and I did some research, and she was in fact correct. It is certainly a practice, and if we are to reap the benefits of forgiveness, when we're doing our daily meditation or our prayer, we need to ask ourselves, who do I need to forgive today? It is an ongoing, an ongoing ritual. Wow, that's um, so, that, that is so profound, Paige just to think about it as a daily practice, because I don't think we understand that we do probably carry things. Mm. Even when we don't know we have a resentment, we probably have accumulated something, almost like dust accumulates in a room. Yeah. But we need to clean ourselves off a bit yeah. and, and exercise that practice every day. I like that. Thank yeah. You. Really and truly, carrying um, the fear, the regret, anger, um, thoughts of revenge, hate, whatever not forgiving is, is like never unpacking from a trip and every day adding a dirty shirt to your suitcase. After days and weeks and years, you become in essence what I like to call an emotional Sherpa, carrying all the pain compounded over time. It, it really is blocking your abilities to be free and to receive the miracles of your joy sources, whether that's, in my case, my grandchildren, um, family, friends, hobbies, um, passions, um, goals, whatever just really brings you joy in life. 
uh, you're, you're restricting that. Mm-hmm. A contemporary deep thinker revealed that forgiveness is so hard, and I love this, this just rang true to me, because it requires us to give up the hope that whatever happened in the past could have been any different. It happened. It is a deep wound, and if we just work around it like I have tried so many times to do, not going in and cleaning it out, it will continue to fester and to bleed. We have to feel the pain. We can't compartmentalize it. We need to sit with it. And then we need to send ourselves or the other mercy and compassion. God said, love your neighbors as yourself. Now, we throw around the word love a lot. We love different things, ice cream and horses or, or, or whatever. But it doesn't mean to embrace, embrace your enemy, right? It means or not to go back to old ways or relationships that are hurtful or harmful or destructive, mm. right? Yeah, in fact, so you, what you were saying, um, in order that, that wise contemporary scholar, in order to forgive, we have to admit that things happened and we can't go back and change that. Yes. Is that what you're saying? And that's very well, hard. It's very hard to do because when something doesn't go right, you, you want to keep going back and thinking, well, what if I had done this? Or right. what if I had avoided that? But you have to let it be, let it have happened. Yes. And be resolved to it have happened. Yes. But I think you bring up such a, a beautiful point. But negative feelings that keep coming up are looking for resolution. Mm. So how do we, how do we kind of contend with that. We have to acknowledge those feelings. We have to send them love and light, and we need to send them on their way Mm. because they are looking for resolution. So we can't compartmentalize them and put them away. We need to sit with them, feel them deeply, but then we have to send them. They have to send them on. Like if a person, say a person is, is robbed or raped yes it certainly was a bad thing that happened to them absolutely it's not good to say it wasn't bad but yet at the same time it happened Mm -hmm. and it affected them yes and they have to get to a place where they either utilize that the 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 learning from it or lift it up as jesus says lift up your cross and follow yes but but they have to accept that it happened yes not but there's a difference between acceptance and condonance, isn't it? I mean, you can't say it was, I, I'm glad it happened. Right. Because you're not. You'll no, never be glad. No. You can't say it was okay because it wasn't. Right. It wasn't okay. But yet, it did happen. And you can be at peace with that at some point. Yeah. And wow, that's, that's a hard distinction for us yeah. to understand. It's not giving a free pass to someone. Right. Right? You're not saying what you did is okay. Right. But you're saying it did happen. And it that is did the happen. Truth. It, and absolutely. I am going to live on right. with that truth. And how do we make a distinction, a stop point, as to how that is going to affect the rest of our life? Right. Do we choose to let it drag us down or, or, or change us for the better? That's yes. That's the question. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, when we think about forgiveness, we think about mercy, we think about compassion. I think we have to remember um, that Jesus said, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. Um, To be human is to need forgiveness. And another incredibly talented deep thinker 
that I was studying said, mercy is like a mirror. You have to give it to receive it. It's not something that is deserved. It is given because we need mercy. We actually cry out in church, Lord, have mercy on me. Mm. We cannot be open to receive God's mercy if we aren't willing to give it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about mercy, I think about redemption. And I see redemption as perhaps the fruit of mercy. Um, Each of us is better than the worst thing that we have ever done. As humans, we have the ability to forgive ourselves and to forgive our abusers so that we can fully realize the gift of redemption, resilience, and what you were just talking about a moment ago, which is post-traumatic growth. That's a psychological term. Yeah, right? yeah. Traumatic growth. Growth. It can happen. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very, it's very difficult when you're in the midst of your trauma, when you are moving past it, to consider almost anything that even resembles something positive, right? Because that just, it just seems so wrong, so unfair. Right, it's like denying that it occurred. Yes. When you went through something that was a terror, you can't say it was okay, that feels like a lie. Yes. And it is a lie. Yeah. But experiencing the pain, but then coming to a different place. Yes. Out of it is what you're talking about. Yeah, And, and getting to a point where, and I think this is where forgiveness is so important, you're able to switch the narrative where it's no longer controlling you, Mm. not restricting your ability to enjoy the things that you love or deeply connect with others, but through forgiveness and mercy and compassion, you're able to begin to use those things perhaps in the service of others or in your spiritual practice. Um, Again, lifting up your cross and that's following it. Jesus. Yes. That's what he did with the cross. Yeah. He turned it into new life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as beautiful as it sounds, right, when we're talking about it theoretically, when you're in the weeds of it, it is so incredibly difficult. Um, forgiveness as a spiritual practice is perhaps the most difficult and vulnerable act of mercy we can give ourselves. Um, But to remember that on the other side of that, of forgiveness is freedom. And it's freedom to live presently and to fully live in God's endless love and and to be able to live in the potential that he created each of us for and to really be able to have a thriving life. Mm-hmm. It's just such a central component. Wow, wow. You know, the, um, in the Apostles' Creed, it says that Jesus descended into hell mm-hmm. after the crucifixion, and he, and he brings people out of it. And it's almost like when you go through a crucifixion or a trauma, you, you do go into a, a, a terrible time of pain. Um, but he can lead you out of that mm-hmm. into the new life. Yeah, and I, I think you're really describing in, in psychological terms that idea of post-traumatic growth. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow, 
Oh, that's powerful. I mean, I think we do think of forgiveness as letting go, but um, I really, what resonates with me the most, I think, Paige, is that notion of, um, ironically, letting them go means also acknowledging them. Yes. Not trying to change them mm-hmm. or pretend that it was better than it was, but letting the past be the past and, and, and learning from it and moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that when we when we consider what we do when we're not able to forgive, we, we tend to, at the, at the maybe the smallest level, feel those pangs of not being able to be fully present or to fully show up for relationships. On a larger scale, we tend to go to, towards maladaptive behaviors mm-hmm. that can be overeating, undereating, drinking, gambling, all of these things, trying to fill up, right? Trying to feel, numb ourselves. ourselves. And so it is just such a, um, it is such a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so interesting to think about it on the individual level, but then thinking about it as the mystics, the Sufi mystics, when you think about it globally. Very profound because we're not practicing for, we're not practicing on a global level. Yeah. Um, you know, you also once talked about Paige about um, um, rupture and repair, mm. which was a way of thinking about it in a physical way. Like yeah. You, you might tear something, but then you can piece it back together. Yeah. And it made me think about um, flesh. You know, mm. when you cut it, it scars. Mm-hmm. And then the scar is a strong thing. Right. The tissue, the scar right. tissue is, yeah. is strong. So is a lot of what you do in counseling is that kind of trying to repair a rupture? Is that... Yeah, and I, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful way. Yeah, and that when you think about rupture and repair in relationships, I think we sometimes think that... Um, we look at when we disagree with someone as, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like that's the root of polarization, right? right like yeah. this is terrible. How do, how do I get away? Horrible. This is we horrible. Side, right, we but... hate the other side. But in reality, we only, or we have a tremendous growth opportunity as you're talking about like in developing the scar, if you will. That's yeah. a reinforced bond almost, right? Mm-hmm. There's this great opportunity when you're able to navigate through a rupture in a relationship that offers greater landscape for growth Mm. that you wouldn't otherwise have. And um, certainly going through difficult times with someone, if you're able to um, manage those highly volatile and sometimes emotional situations, but you're able to work together and create the repair part of the rupture, um, it can really be a fortifying. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It creates trust. And yes. Deepening. Absolutely. And vulnerability. Everything yeah. that you know yeah. that that we know is such a, mm-hmm. a necessary part of, of deep connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I I heard about this card that says on the on the front, um, um, the, it's the difficult things in life that teach us the most. And then you open the card and it says, "Isn't that a terrible system?" <laughs> Why does it have to be the tough stuff? Like, why can't I just eat cake and have a good time? But right. growth happens when I really right. go through something really right. hard. I know. Who um, wants to hear that when you're feeling uncomfortable, you're on a growth edge? Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks a lot for that. Why 
we have to have follow this guy who got crucified? Why right. like, couldn't he have just had a good picnic or something? Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But it also gives us strength, it does. right? Yeah. I mean, what would we do if if our picture was rainbows and unicorns? Right. Because it life be isn't that. We yeah, know. we wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a really lovely thing. Not that you want um, rupture in your life, or that you want challenges in relationships, or you want traumatic events um, that that you have to navigate. But I also, uh, there was another um, contemporary thought leader, um, deep thinker that I was following um, around the subject of forgiveness. It was interesting. And he was saying that anything that happens in your life is, I'm going to paraphrase very heavily here, but anything that happens in your life is a key to the language of only the wisdom that and knowledge that you can cultivate through this experience. Mm-hmm. Me, basically, that whatever comes your way is meant for you to grow mm-hmm. and navigate. And that all circles back to the idea of post-traumatic growth. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, we're talking about post-traumatic growth or resurrection growth is more mm. than just regular growth. It's a new, mm. it's a new life. Mm-hmm. It's a new person. It's a new beginning. Yeah. That kind of uh, repair of such a deep rupture means um, significant growth or transformation, I yeah. guess you could say. Absolutely. Really, um, yeah. Wow. Well, it's great to talk to you, and I can't wait to have you in class on Sunday at the cathedral. Oh, thanks, Kate. You're a blessing. Oh, thanks, Kate. Thank you for joining me in the podcast, Find It. Remember that if you keep searching for the divine presence, you will find it. And before we part ways, I pray that God will bless you and hold you, give you peace until we meet again.